Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are broadcasting today from the Fontenelle booth here at Husker Harvest Days. It's already been a great show. A lot of folks, uh, no surprise, talking about how dry it is in their fields. Some concerns that they might have marketing-wise as we get closer or, for some, continue with harvest. We're going to talk about a variety of different things that happen, including some softer exports. We do have a listener question in regards to that. And Heather, who's joining us, has some great answers for that. As I mentioned, Heather Ramsey joins me. She is with the ARC Group, and you can find her in our booth. I'm going to do a quick little plug that you are hanging out in our booth during Husker Harvest Days. But when we were talking about what we were going to talk about on today's show, you brought up an interesting thing, and I love it, Battle of the Headlines. And normally you don't see the Battle of the Headlines happen as big as it did today in agriculture like it did on these markets. Yeah, I think if you look at what happened yesterday to where the markets traded today, you can see that it's very clear that... Yesterday, we are winning for all standpoints here on the ag side of the thing, ag side of the market with the USDA report. That was giving us the information that I think if you're in the business, if you're a farmer, you sort of felt like those were the numbers anyways. It was just about time that USDA reported those numbers in that train of thought that we've all been thinking. So yesterday was a super big uh, move for us on soybeans and that kind of drug everything else along with it. And then today we come in and sort of have this hangover effect going on where we saw some positivity and soybeans on the overnights. We were waiting for those inflation numbers. Once those inflation numbers came out, they were slightly more than expected, and that just sent everybody into a tailspin as a sell-off. Um, so funds were sort of in it yesterday as the buyer, waiting for the inflationary number today to be a seller. So big swings back and forth from the funds and investors. Obviously, um, a an inflationary trend here has not been good when you translate that into commodity prices because it means our commodities are super expensive compared to the rest of the world. So um, I don't like seeing the inflationary numbers continue as much as it um, is nice to see where we're sitting at from a pricing standpoint, you know, straight up $15 futures on beans um, overnight here last night, uh, seeing about $7 futures on the deferred months on corn. Those are great. However, they're not going to help us long term, and that's what these inflationary numbers are showing us today, thus kind of the turnaround. Turnaround Tuesday, Susan. So. Got to love a turnaround Tuesday. Having said that, what are we going to see when a Wednesday comes around? I mean, we kind of set the tone yesterday when there was a lot of optimism out there in the trade. That optimism was ripped from it today. Is there a possibility that we might see some green on the screen come tomorrow? You know, there's always a possibility. Um, what I will say is the market, the analysts, the traders, everybody is kind of focused on what does inflation paired with high prices mean? It probably means there's some demand destruction coming. Whether we try to put, you know, real numbers to that demand destruction here in, in the immediate future, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week, or we let the market digest for a little bit is yet to be determined. But that is definitely something on my radar, and it should be on every farmer's radar going forward. Um, continued demand destruction means at some point we're actually building stocks, not through excess supplies, but through reduction in exports and feed and residuals and all of that. So definitely something we need to keep an eye on for sure. Um, demand destruction is easy when you start looking at an export standpoint. We're the most expensive grain in the world right now, both corn and soybeans. So easy to shop around and shop somewhere else if you're um, in need of corn or soybean stocks at this point. Heather, I'm glad you brought that up because we did have a, a listener question who stopped by the booth uh, ahead of our, our show today and, and said, we've definitely got some soft exports out there. And you just brought it up. We're the most expensive grain in the world. Why, besides the fact that we got amazing grain here, why would anybody want to spend the money to buy grain from the U.S. right now? 
Well, there is something to be said for reliability. I'll say that. Um, we need new crop stocks to come on in South America for them to be reliable shippers to not even that much down the road here. I mean, we're talking about October, November, December. Where are you going to get reliable shipping accomplished at? And that is the U.S. So there are definitely reasons to still continue to buy U.S. grain. Um, but we're not going to be out there selling gobs of it <laughs> at these prices. You know, there's definitely base business that will continue to happen with the U.S. Um, from an importer buying standpoint. Um, but when you look at who our main customer is, obviously that's the big C, China. Um, we have some competing, you know, global economic policy that goes against them buying um, large volumes of grain. If they're going to continue to operate under a COVID zero policy, that slows down their economy, which then means, you know, do they continue to buy? Probably not big, huge volumes. There's definitely base business that has to happen from everybody. I mean, people don't stop eating and neither do the animals. So there's base business out there that's going to happen. It's this excess. It's this growth mode that we are destroying at these values. And the fact that you got South America now getting ready to do that planting, and I've heard there's a lot more acres that are going to be pulled into corn, soybeans than what we saw this last growing season. Yeah, it definitely looks like we're looking for record acres down there. Uh, there are some wet um, weather patterns coming through right now, which is sort of building that soil pro moisture profile for them, which is exactly what they need. They suffered droughts just like we did here this last year. So they're in the same boat as us. They are getting some weather. They need this moisture to go into planting. And then post-plant will obviously be extremely crucial. Um, if they were to continue in a dry pattern, this will be their third year in a row, which is very unusual. I think most experts are talking about a break in that cycle and going back to somewhat of a norm for um, weather. If they get normal weather, it's going to be a massive crop out of South America. Does that make you nervous? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something we need to be concerned about. Um, our markets reflect a global supply and demand. And as much as there's timely features, um, you know, for U.S.-based supply demand trading and South American, again, it's a global picture. So if somebody's having a really good year, um, that increases supply globally. And that's, that's a concern for prices. And obviously, someone has a good year. Somebody out there has got to be having a bad year as well. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the Fontenelle Final Bell. We are at Husker Harvest Day, sitting in the Fontenelle booth, by the way. Uh, when we come back, we've got some questions, it looks like, from folks in the audience. Also, we have a rail question as well um, that we're going to throw at Heather, coming from a gentleman who stopped by about 20 minutes ago. We've got more coming up. It is the Tuesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell, right here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we'd like to visit with you about reaching your yield goals in 2023 with our high-performing corn hybrids and ExtendFlex soybeans. Fontenelle products are locally tested and selected because we know Nebraska. Stop and see us at Husker Harvest Days and remember to see your local Fontenelle dealer before mid-October for the best discounts. Fontenelle Hybrids, solutions you need, relationships you trust. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other... On now, final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we broadcast today from the Fontenelle booth located here at Husker Harvest Days. Heather Ramsey continues to join us. She is with the ARC Group. So right around 1230 or so, we had a gentleman stop by and say, Friday's going to be here. He goes, actually, 1159 on Thursday night. If this rail disagreement does not get taken care of, He's really concerned about agriculture. We're going into harvest. He's really concerned about how this rail strike could have some detrimental effects, not only from a fertilizer aspect, which we're already seeing this week, 
but from a grain movement um, starting come Friday. Yeah, I'll say this. Um, I'm I'm blessed to be married into the grain business as well as work in the grain business myself. So my other half actually sits at a location as a plant manager. And this is something that him and I have had in our own personal discussions, just like talking about what does this mean for us? Like, what does this mean for each of us in our roles and how we deal with the customer? Um, because, you know, as much as I service the farmer on the marketing side, he services them on the logistics side of things come harvest. And it's very concerning. I'll say this. In the state of Nebraska, we've been extremely blessed with rail performance. And I know that that might seem a little silly for me to say because there's been a lot of grief over the last six to nine months, especially at a lot of our rail loaders here across the state struggling to get trains on time, struggling to get them out. So when I say that we're blessed and we're still having problems, be grateful. Um, but what I do know about this rail situation, um, I feel as though uh, the rail markets in the state know that it's an issue and a potential. I don't know how much they are buying into it right now. I, as a grain marketer, when I see that kind of risk on the table, you start to assume that we'll see a massive pullback in basis to say, oh, okay, yeah, we definitely want to take your beans, we want to take your corn, right? But we don't know when we can get it shipped out, so we need to take protection on that side. We're not seeing that happen this week. I could be wrong, it's only Tuesday, right? So we got a long way to go, but I haven't seen that happen so far. Um, that would be our first indication that a rail loader, a shuttle loader, whoever, um, is concerned. Um, my next concerning, I guess, what I would consider concerning is if we see anyone who is taking harvest grain and then has decided to really limit those hours. And so this is just really more of a logistical management situation when we're going into harvest. But I'll say this is, as a farmer, you have to be prepared for anything, right? So if this does happen, what I was reading is a week's worth of rail shutdown backs us up like a month <laughs> from a getting things to point from point A to point B. I mean, it's a huge dollar cost to everyone across the country, something like $2 billion a day in losses for every day that the, that the rail does not operate. So what I would say from the farmers, be prepared. Know what your alternatives are. So we were talking about this with clients already to say that, okay, you could leave corn in the field if you had to, right? If you have on-farm storage and you've got to get beans out, put beans in the bin and leave corn in the field. Not ideal. Clearly not ideal, not what we want to do. But at the same time, we can't afford to just leave you know, $15 futures on soybeans sitting in a field and then falling out on the ground. It's just not a thing that we can do. So talk about those alternatives on the farm. Like, what do I do if the elevator shuts me off because they don't have a train in order to take grain? Now, I think that is worst case scenario, right? These elevators, the ones that I work with, they are going to figure out how to dump your grain. It's, there's emergency storage pile capacity that everyone can tap into. We have ground piles, we have circle piles, we have all this upright storage. Right now on the front end of harvest, if they're taking grain, they are turning trains. So we're not necessarily accumulating bushels and leaving them in house at this point. We are turning those trains out um, at those various rail loaders. So I think it's definitely a valid concern um, whether the government can step in and push the envelope with this if we do see a strike is another question that I honestly don't have a good answer for you. But I think it's best for everyone to be prepared for the worst case scenario. And we just got to roll with it. Everything we do in ag is just like roll with the changes. So I think that's where, where our head is at anyways. All right. We do have a question that came from here in the audience in the Fontenelle booth. It's talk about the carry in the corn market. What does it tell you and should we be taking advantage of it? Uh, well, there is no carry to take advantage of, unfortunately. Um, what is out there is minuscule. So what that tells me is if you have forward sales on, 
that are slated against either a December futures position or a November futures position. So those are your harvest months for corn and soybeans. Take them to town. We have some of the best harvest bases out there that we have seen in years. Um, so it's a good opportunity to say, I'm going to take it to town. If you have to put it in a bin, like if you just have to put it in the bin, then take those bin bushels against these December or November positions, get them out to the March and out to the Jan, and still move them as quickly as possible because we're not recouping anything on those futures rolls. Our biggest improvement is going to be on any unpriced grain if the market rallies big time. So what you want to do is deliver hedges at harvest, put grain in a bin, and put protection on it. Your best case and your easiest thing to do at this point in time is put the floor on the bin bushels and wait till later. And so that's kind of where we're at with clients. Roll through the hedges, and then let's worry about the unpriced stuff once we have it out of the field. Wonderful, Heather. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, they can definitely check us out at riskconsulting.net uh, or give us a, phone, a call. I'm available. Too much. So uh, 402-484-7474, and I'm extension 125. Yep. Give Heather a call. Heather Ramsey's been joining us with the ARC Group. As always, we remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's been today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the world.